Hello and welcome to 21st Precinct from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. 21st Precinct, Sergeant Waters. Yeah. Yeah. How many women? What is it, a bargain sale there? What do they want? Yeah. Yeah. You are in the muster room at the 21st Precinct, the nerve center. A call is coming through. You will follow the action taken pursuant to that call from this minute until the final report is written in the 124 room at the 21st Precinct. All right. I'll send a car around there. Right away. Yeah. Okay. Yes. 
Fernhill Furriers? That's right, 738 East 86th Street. I had my coat in storage there since May, and I can't get it back. Neither can any of us, can we? No. Right. So why won't he give them back to you? Well, he keeps saying he will. He never does. Now, I've been trying for two weeks. Two weeks? I've been trying for months. All right. Okay. Uh, does he give any reason? Well, I had to have a new lining put in mine. He keeps telling me the material hasn't come in yet. Then he tells her the right fur isn't there That's yet. That's right. The sleeves are a little bit worn. He was going to get skin to match. I see. But mine was just being stored, and I can't get it back. And there weren't any repairs to mine, and he keeps stalling me. Well, what did he tell you? Well, he keeps telling just me... Just a minute, just a minute. I'm supposed to do the talking. Uh, no, that's all right. I'd like to hear what he keeps telling us. Oh, well, excuse me. Well, he keeps telling me he has too, so he has much storage space business that he didn't have enough room in his own vault to store the coats. Well, so he had to send most of them over to a wholesale storage company. And mine's not back yet. Well, maybe he's right. Maybe he's just having a hard time getting the work out. Oh, no, it's nothing like that. Uh, are the two of you friends? No. No, we don't know each other, do we? No. You see, we were at the store this morning, and he didn't open up. It was 9.30, and he didn't show up. There were the three of us and ten other women waiting for him. We all had coats in there being fixed or stored or something like that, and we got to talking. We found out that he'd been stalling all of us, stalling us for weeks about our coats. Anyway, I said I was willing to do something about it. I was the one who said it. It doesn't make any difference who said it. We decided to come over here and see if anything could be done about it. That's right. And what makes you think he stole your coat? If he didn't steal them, where are they? Well, the store is still there, isn't it? The store is still there, but he isn't. He didn't open up today. That's right. Yeah, all right. All right. Uh, you're Mrs. Perfect. That's right. And you? Mrs. Tresseter. Mrs. Amy Tresseter. Miss Neal. Doris Neal. N-I-A-L-L. What kind of coat is yours, Miss Neal? Well, it's not a coat exactly. It's a jacket. Silver fox jacket. Mrs. Perfect? Mine's a coat. It might be only muskrat, but it's a full coat, and I paid $400 for it. Did you buy it there? I should say not. I bought it on Fifth Avenue. Coat two. Yeah, what kind? Oh, honey, you don't seem very excited. Mine was a mink coat. I'd be over there with an axe. Well, you don't accomplish anything by getting excited. That's right. Mink coat, and I'm screaming about a lousy silver fox jacket. Besides, my husband said that if I didn't get the coat back today, I should report it to the police and then call the insurance company. Oh, the insurance company. I knew there must be a reason she wasn't excited. Well, I don't have any insurance, and I want my coat back. Well, who said I didn't want mine back? Well, what about the insurance? I like my coat. Oh, all right, all right, I lady. want it back. Okay. Uh, look, I, uh, I want you to tell me how come there was such a crowd there this morning. Well, he kept stalling and stalling us. And finally, he told everybody Monday, come back Monday morning and we could have our coats. Isn't that what he told you? That's right. And he didn't open up this morning. No. We'll go over there now. I bet you there are at least 20 women hanging around the store outside. At least 20. There were at least 10 there already when we decided to come over here. Is that right? Yes, that's right. About 10, including ourselves. Besides ourselves. Uh, Miss Tresident, did you store your coat there last year? Well, no, I didn't. I don't think he's been open that long to store coats last year. Uh, yes, he has. I stored mine there last year. And you didn't have any trouble getting it out in the fall? Well, no, no trouble at all. I brought in the receipt and he gave it to me. He was just as nice as you please. He was nice. He was a very nice man. Mm, Getting compliments out of me, I'll say that. 
But what we'd like to know is what can be done about it. Well, in the first place, there's no evidence yet that he stole any of your furs. Well, I'd like to know what you call it. Well, he told you to come back on Monday. Well, today's Monday and we were back. Where was he? Your place is tight. The store was locked up tight. Uh, Lieutenant, would you get the card out of the business house file? That's Final Furrier, 
Well, it, it's three troubles, really. He, he likes to play the horses, he likes to drink, and he likes women. Do you think that explains it? Well, it explains a lot. He had a good business there, and there's no competition within blocks. He, he could have done all right, fine. Wine, women, and horses. You can chalk it up to that. Yes, most likely. Look, Captain, uh, what, what can happen to him? I mean, is he, is he really in big trouble here? Not if these customers get their coats back. Well, there's no law against closing up the store if he wants to, is there? I mean, he can do that. He can go out of business anytime he wants. He can, if he didn't convert other people's property. Uh, look, Captain, um, you, you want to know where he is, don't you? Yeah? Mm-hmm. Well, if I tell you, you won't let him know, will you? I, I don't want him to think that I turned him in, that I was disloyal. But I, I think it's for his own good. He's, he's got to get straightened out. That's right, he does. Where is he? Well, he's uh, around the corner there in the bar and grill, just around the corner. Can you come and point him out to me? Well, look, Captain, I, I, I told you I, I didn't want to get involved. I didn't want him to think that I had anything to do with him being turned in. Oh, just through the window. You don't have to come into the place.
Well, you know, you'd, you'd dread the day. You know what's going to happen, but you dread the day. Not like that at all. It's a big relief when it's all over. Get to my car without his being noticed in front of the shop down the block. En route to the station house, he began to tell me of his troubles. He continued as we got out of the car, walked up the front steps and into the muster room. Everything went wrong. Nothing went right. Right here, Mr. Audley. Hello, Captain. Fred, this is Mr. George Audley. Diana's been water. causing a revolution, huh? Well, I didn't know it was okay. that bad. You didn't? It's like ladies' night in a Turkish bath around here. Fred, are there any complainants upstairs in the detectives? According to my last census, Captain, there were seven steaming mad females up there, all with murder in their hearts. Can imagine. Red, uh, ring upstairs to Lieutenant King. Tell him I've got Mr. Audley and I'm taking him into my office. Yes, sir. Thanks, Captain. Oh, thank you, Sergeant. Yes, sir. I've got to protect city property as well as you. Uh, this is Lieutenant Gorman. Let me call you, Lieutenant King. I guess I'm pretty much city property now, too, huh? Pretty much inside. Thank you. Right here? That's fine. I, uh, I suppose I'm entitled to get a lawyer. Oh, sure. You're entitled to a lawyer. I don't know how much good it'll do me. I don't have any money for one. Oh, what a mess. What a mess I got myself if you'd give these women back their furs, it wouldn't be so bad. I'd like to, Captain, believe me, but I can't. I'd sure like to. Yes? Lieutenant King. Come in, man. Well, Captain. Hello, man. So this is Mr. George Ortley. Yeah, that's right. I'm Lieutenant King. Glad to know you. I don't know whether I can say the same thing. I sure heard a lot about you this morning. I can imagine. Where have you got all these ladies' coats? Well, that's just it. I don't have them. Well, what did you do with them? Well, last spring, when the weather began to get warm and they didn't need their fur coats anymore, the customers started to bring them in for storage and for repairs. Yeah. Well, it so happened that at that time, last April and May, I was in desperate need of money. So instead of storing them, you sold them? No, not right away. I had every intention of giving the women back their coats. Every intention in the world. When I first started, I pawned them. Took them around to different shops, and I got loans on them. You were going to redeem the loans in time to have the coats ready for the women in the fall. Yeah, that was my intention. What did you use the money for that you got from pawning the coats? Oh, fish and debts, and my rent, and to bet on the horses. A little bit. Why, you know it's more than a little bit. All right, I bet on them a lot. How many coats did you pawn? Oh, I don't know. It's been about 100, 125. I got in 50. Did you pawn? Yeah, that's all I pawned. But, you know, I I sold some outright, too. Oh, did you? Yeah. See, along about uh, the middle of May and the 1st of June, things got really bad. I mean, terrible. No favorites were winning. Well, the favorites were winning, all right. But when they won, I wasn't on them. How many coats did you sell outright? 75, 100. Who'd you sell them to? Other furries. What'd you tell them? I told them the customers left the coats with me to be sold. Or that they had traded them in on something else. 
The other furriers and I negotiated a price, and they bought them. How much money was involved altogether? Any idea? Yeah, I got an idea. Something like $20,000. How much do you have left? About 500 500 out of 20000 uh, That's the way things go. Things sure went pretty bad as far as you were concerned. It sure did. But I had no intention of taking anything from anybody. I didn't want to cheat those women honest. I didn't want to sell their coats. It was just, it was just a situation that I found myself in. I was desperately pressed for money. You got no idea. Yeah, sure I know. I was being oh, squeezed from all sides. No, you haven't seen any squeezing yet, Mr. Hartley. The worst of it is just about to start. Yeah, I know. $20,000. But it was my intention to make every penny of it good, to give every woman back a coat. That might have been, as long as you were pawning them. You might have had the intention to redeem them in time for this fall. When you began selling them outright, that intention went out the window. What did you expect to tell all these women when they presented their receipts and wanted the coat? I don't know. I, I expected to have the coats, that's all. I, I always expected a windfall. I expected something to happen. I don't know what. If you sold most of the coats outright, what were you going to tell the women in those cases? I don't know. I got no idea. I'd have told them something. I'd have stole them off, I guess. That's all. Why'd you keep the store open so long? You knew you were in a big jam in the middle of the summer, didn't you? Yeah, sure, I knew it. You moved out of your room, you and your wife. That's right. Where are you staying now? Well, uh, we don't have a place. Where's your wife? She's at a friend's house out in Kew Gardens. Where were you planning to stay tonight? Well, we, uh... uh we hadn't really... Knew that you were on your way to Chicago, that you were leaving today... How'd you find that out? Isn't it true? Yes, yeah, it's true. Well, if you were going to skip, why didn't you really skip? What did you come back to the shop for and sit in the bar around the corner from it? That's another story. Well, I'm sure we'd like to hear it. All right, all right, if you'd like to hear it. See, my wife was packing yesterday. Naturally, she's a little upset about this whole thing. Naturally. As much as me. So we were packing to go to Chicago. Yeah. All of a sudden, she reminded herself she didn't have a coat. Her own fur coat. Yeah. The three-quarter length mink coat. Wild Canadian. I made it for about three years ago. So she said, where is it? I said, honey, it's in the vault down at the shop. So immediately she got suspicious. She accused me of selling it or pawning it along with the rest of them. I said, honey, I wouldn't do that to your coat. I wouldn't do that at all. She didn't believe me. And it is, they're honest. It's in the vault down there. I wouldn't do a thing like that to her. It's my wife. I wouldn't sell her coat. It's the only one you didn't sell, huh? No, there's few I didn't sell. But I didn't sell hers. I didn't pawn it. It's really in the vault down at the shop. But she didn't believe it. No. No, she was sure I sold it. So she said either I go to the shop and get the coat or she don't go to Chicago with me. And that's why you were hanging around the neighborhood in the bar. Well, of course, I couldn't go near the shop. I couldn't get anywhere with all those women around there. And I couldn't go get my wife until I had her coat. Guess I'd have been better off if I'd have sold it. It was brought $1,500, maybe $2,000. 21st Precinct, Captain Finale. Captain, one of the women must have saw Mr. Hornby go into your office to work out. They're all out in the muster room now. They're crying for blood. How many? Oh, seven or eight. All right, thanks. 
have found out you're here, Mr. Audley. There's a delegation of women right outside that door. There is, huh? Yes, there is. Well, might as well face the music. Take my word for it, Mr. Audley. It's not going to be music. 21st Precinct, Sergeant Waters. Yeah? What's the trouble? And so it goes. Around the clock, through the week, every day, every year. A police precinct in the city of New York is a flesh and blood merry-go-round. Anyone can catch the brass ring. Or the brass ring can catch anyone. 21st Precinct, transcribed. A factual account of the way the police work in the world's largest city is presented with the official cooperation of the Patrolman's Benevolent Association, an organization of more than 20,000 members of the Police Department, City of New York. Everett Sloan in the role of Captain Kennelly, Ken Lynch as Lieutenant King, Harold Stone as Sergeant Waters. Featured in tonight's cast were Santos Ortega, Mandel Kramer, Larry Haynes, Susan Strong, Elspeth Eric, and Gladys Thornton. Written and directed by Stanley Niss. Produced for CBS Radio by John Ives. Artana speaking.